Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, How Cultures Across the World Approach Leadership. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode. Today I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, How Cultures Across the World Approach Leadership. Long story short, they vary in difference in decision making. For more, you can read Being the Boss in Brussels, Boston, and Beijing. I'm excited to explore this short video with you, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. Every global leader should know about two dimensions that vary from one culture to another, deference to authority and decision-making style. Research by Aaron Meyer at INSEAD shows that understanding how people approach these two variables in different parts of the world can help managers anticipate and avoid miscommunication. Some cultures are more egalitarian, while others defer more to formal hierarchies. But the second dimension, a culture's approach to decision-making, can be surprisingly independent of their views of authority. U.S. workers, for example, despite their more egalitarian culture, rely on the boss to make quick decisions that may be changed or readjusted frequently. In Germany, by contrast, more people are involved in the decision-making process up front as consensus is negotiated. Decisions take longer to be reached, and once a decision is made, it's a commitment that's not easily changed. Deference to authority and decision-making style. Now, obviously, these are just two of many factors that vary across the globe, uh, particularly when we look at cultural factors. You may be familiar with the Big Five. Uh, There are lots of different instruments and surveys that look at variations across the globe, but these two are very, very important. Uh, Let's not forget, though, that there's also socioeconomic factors, geopolitical factors. Uh, Culture is just one piece, and various styles and approaches to leadership uh, is is really just one piece. So I want to share that by way of caveat. Uh, But that said, uh, these two factors are extremely important. The research has borne out over and over and over again that these two are quite predictive of variations we see in organizations and how effectively organizations function. So as we go throughout this this short video and break it into clips with my commentary, I'll just be exploring these specific factors, uh, obviously recognizing that there are other pertinent factors as well that we're not going to get into in this episode. By comparing these decision-making norms to a culture's attitude towards authority, four basic leadership styles emerge. In cultures that are both consensual and egalitarian, decisions are often reached through lengthy, ongoing discussions. 
The boss is a facilitator, not the decider. And you shouldn't rush things because once a decision is reached, it will be difficult to change. So these two factors can create four different distinct styles. And the first being when you have consensual and egalitarian approaches uh, to decision-making and leadership style within organizations, it's going to be a longer drawn-out process to, to go through uh, the conversations that are needed uh, to, to come to a joint consensual decision, uh, really seeking um, input from everybody and ultimately shooting for consensus as opposed to the, the leader just specifically laying out their own ideas and, and dictating what everyone else needs to do. This is, of course, one distinct style, has its pros uh, and cons. In consensual hierarchical cultures, deference to authority is strong, but decisions are made by groups, not individuals. Invest more time in developing the agreement of others before coming to a group decision. Your team will defer to your instructions, yet desire and expect to be part of the decision-making process. With the consensual hierarchical style, you're looking at something a little bit different. Uh, you're still looking for some form of consensus, but deference to authority is much higher, and people are still looking towards the organization and the leadership to lay out the framing of what is going to be most important. So seek out the input from people in advance of meetings, uh, try to uh, work behind the scenes, and then ultimately you come to the meetings, you have some discussion, and then the leader lays out decisions and people follow. In top-down hierarchical cultures, the boss is both the clear authority figure and the individual decision-maker. His decisions will be followed without pushback. Be clear about how you want to be treated and be sure to explain when you want input or feedback. Otherwise, your suggestions could be interpreted as orders. Top-down hierarchical cultures the the boss is the boss people are going to follow and seeking consensus isn't seen as important uh, and ultimately you probably have to work harder to seek out input from everyone in the organization otherwise you're not going to get the kind of input that you want because people are going to by default uh, wait for you to decide and tell them what to do um, now, personally, I think this, this style is not particularly effective in most cases. I think it can cause a lot of harm. Uh, it, it often results with you know not having psychological safety in the organization. And usually what ends up happening is a boss isn't getting the type of input that he or she wants or needs to make good decisions on a regular basis. Um, this style works particularly well in times of crisis uh, where you need to make fast decisions but otherwise, I would say this is one you probably don't want to go to too often. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. 
There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. In top-down egalitarian cultures, everyone is encouraged to speak up with honest input or dissenting voices and help the boss make a good decision. However, once the boss reaches a decision, employees should quickly align with the boss while remaining flexible as decisions may change. Top-down egalitarian cultures, you you still have the hierarchy, you still have the deference to leadership uh, and looking towards the boss for the ultimate decision, but there's going to be more Um, consensus seeking uh, and discussion prior to a boss laying out their vision and their marching orders for the organization and the people. Um, I I think this one often works quite well uh, for organizations and for leaders who are wanting to move quickly and and be agile, uh, pivoting uh, in rapid uh, response to the external environment, but also recognizing the need to cultivate a culture where people can provide input, where they're expected to provide input, and uh, you're constantly seeking that input. So in this style, people seek, uh, the the leader seeks the input, uh, individuals provide the input, and ultimately though, once a decision is made, people know that it's time to get on board and move forward with the boss's decision. All four types of leadership are effective on their own, but a lot can go wrong when they collide. By identifying where you fall on the map and where your counterparts are coming from, you can avoid a lot of confusion. There really are pros and cons to each of these styles. Um, now I have my preferences. I, I know the ones that I like the least and the ones I prefer. And I guess ultimately the reality is everyone has their own preferred style. Leaders have their preferred style. Uh, employees have their preferred style of how they like to be led. And so ultimately it has probably less to do with the individual style, but recognizing you know, the, the key principles and uh, what we're trying to go for as we lead others. Um, my personal opinion is that we do need to seek input from others and we need to create psychologically safe uh, workplace environments where people not only feel safe to speak up, but they are encouraged and expected to speak up. That will allow me as the leader to make better consistent decisions. But again, regardless of my preferred style or your preferred style or how people prefer to be led, I think one of the main points in this short video is reminding us that styles often collide. Now, we don't need to be working in a cross a cross-national team in order to have those collisions. Uh, any in- individual organization, you know, just in one location can still have those differences because preferences differ. But the, the challenge is even greater when you have cross-national teams, when you have a distributed workforce, and you have people with vastly different preferences. And when these styles collide, then you can have lots of miscommunication and frustrations. And so we have to be 
clear-eyed about the pros and cons of each. We have to be clear-eyed about our communication uh, and how we express to our people what is expected of them when decisions are being made and the type of input that they are expected to provide or not provide in a particular circumstance. Ultimately, we need to remember the importance of navigating cultural difference uh, with our diverse teams. We need to recognize and understand and value and honor the attitudinal and preference differences across our teams. And regardless of the specific styles that we end up choosing, uh, we just have to seek to treat everyone with dignity and respect and help everyone to feel valued, welcomed, uh, needed, wanted within our organization. And as I started, obviously there are many other factors that also play a huge role in terms of how organizations can be successful and how they can work cross-nationally, um, across cultures, uh, geopolitical and socioeconomic differences across countries and regions of particular countries. Ultimately, it's complicated, but when we start to think of these sorts of simple taxonomies, it can be helpful as we try to make sense of this, these complex differences. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital. 
exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.